0: Welcome to Breaking Form, a podcast of poetry and
1: culture. I'm Aaron Smith. And I am James Allen Hall. For those uh, listening for the first time, uh, we do this show in segments. We do literary games. We revisit books that we love. We gossip. We do, we interview. We shade. We laugh.
0: And we are not for everyone.
1: We're doing simply the best simply the best this is nice. uh lyrics by the one the only the best tinta Turner. i love her i mean how can you not love her mm-hmm. do you like watching her interviews too i haven't seen one in so long but she i definitely yeah. like yeah she's
0: she's kind of stepped away right she doesn't participate yeah. sort of in that in the public spotlight so much anymore
1: it's true All right, so I'm going to give you some lyrics by Tina Turner. You'll tell me the poet or poem that you think of just off the top of your head. You ready to play Simply Mm. the Best? Yes. All right. Out of the ruins, out from the wreckage, can't make the same mistake this time. We are the children, the last generation. We are the ones they left behind. And that's from We Don't Need Another Hero. I know. Um, I love it. was really that song. hard not to like sing, say everything. Yeah, um, yeah. So, who do you feel has been left behind in poetry? Who's a, a poet who's just not read or taught so much these days?
0: I don't feel like Reginald Shepard's in the conversation enough anymore. I feel like he's too brilliant to not be discussed. All of his books are in print. Um, University of Pittsburgh Press has them all in print. And I think we need to revive him.
1: All right. So call you when I need you. My heart's on fire. You come to me, come to me wild and wild. That's from the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, What poem do you go to when your heart's on fire?
0: I feel like sometimes we probably go back to the same poets again and again on this podcast because we love them. Uh I love Dorian Locks's Fast Gas.
1: Where oh, the, that's where the gas
0: one. shoots all over the the woman and then her skin's burning. And then when she, the guy she has a crush on or you know, falls for, touches her, and she like bursts into flame, like literally. And then also because she's like so, you know, into him. It's so great. Oh, wow. Fast gas. It's in Fast what we gas. carry.
1: Mm-hmm. It is indeed. I have that book out on my desk. I love that poem. All right. Here's another one. This is from the song River Deep Mountain High. Mm and it gets stronger in every way every way and it gets deeper 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 baby let me say and it gets higher day by day oh and do i love you my oh my 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 river deep lord mountain high i want to tell you that if i ever 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 lost you baby i would cry oh i do love you baby baby baby, baby. For which poet, I think I just fell in love with you. Oh, wasn't that? I mean, <laughs> I think I'm like, damn, you could talk to me like that anytime. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, right? Yeah. Let it's me beautiful. tell you. Yeah. Uh, so, which poem or poet, um, you know, ha- have you sort of fallen in love with more and more over time? Ray Armitrout. Is that true? Yes.
0: Wow! I have so much fun reading her poems. I don't, I can't explain it. I can't Mm -hmm. even give a cogent argument for other people, but I've been buying all of her books and I love them. And there's just a little, there's just enough. She throws popular culture in sometimes, which I love, but it's, they're so short and clipped and clever. I, yeah, I really do enjoy reading her. That's lovely. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a surprise for me too. I just, yeah,
1: I look forward to reading her poems. Okay. This is sort of on the opposite spectrum. What's love got to do, got to do with it. What's love, but a secondhand emotion. What's love got to do, got to do with it. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? What song is so, that from? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> not Bush City Limit, right? <laughs> Lord. Um, so, who's a poet who's sort of like intellectual? Like you get, you maybe you have an emotional response to it, but you have to go through this sort of a intellectual portal first. You have to sort of unpack it, and then when you think about it, it's like, oh my god, that's really heartbreaking, actually.
0: I feel like you're always baiting me to say Amy Clampett. <laughs> like
1: no, again, I'm not at again, all. But like, a poet again like that, right? Like a yeah. poet like that who like you're like, hmm, that's interesting language and that's an that's an interesting thought. But then like when you really start to unpack it, like you have for me, for instance, it's Emily Dickinson. But that something part of
0: me is like sometimes I feel like the older gay guys like JD McClatchy or Richard Mm -hmm. Howard. I can't swear by all the work in any way. Um even James Merrill, like I feel like they're so difficult. And I'm and I know I I'm like I know Merrill's problematic, you know, as as like Mm -hmm. a person, but I just feel like sometimes when I've really pushed through them and sort of like Waded through their sort of, you know, overinflated sense of self, you know, yeah, in the writing. Sure. I found it to be really beautiful, but it's like you do have to do a lot of work and you have to be committed to having the experience. Like, yeah. I really wanted to get the changing light at Sandover again and read it. And I'm not sure why. I just feel like sometimes I need that kind of rigor.
1: Awesome. That's a good answer. Um, Thank you. Welcome. All right. So this is from the iconic song, Proud Mary. Okay, We always do it nice and rough. So we're going to take the beginning of this song and do it easy, but then we're going to do the finish rough. This is the way we do Proud Mary. What's a poem that sort of breaks itself in its form or its content starts off nice and easy, but then it just like goes somewhere and you didn't see that coming.
0: And I actually answer with an essay instead. Oh, sure, because this this actually ranks up there with one of the best readings as well. Mm. Ula Biss, who mm. also is a poet, yeah. And I know now because I brought it up. I'm going to blank on the essay title, but it's like it's called something across time and distance. We'll have to look it up. And it starts out talking sort of generally about the telephone system in America and telephone poles. And then it flips and it gets into the history of lynching and how that becomes a symbol. It absolutely, I get chills now and I saw her read it at AWP. And at first I was like, first I was like, I'm going to have to sit and let this person talk about telephone. Like, I literally thought it was going to be like the history of like, and then she flipped it. And I, was just blown away it's and that's honestly, why that poem or it's, that essay well it's, it feels like a poem and it mm-hmm. and it's yeah that that piece of writing i've taught it in composition classes mm-hmm. i've even started the a class before reading it like she did with no other sort of context and showed the students how you can flip into something that amazing but yeah. absolutely blows me
1: away yeah it's time and distance overcome. It's the first essay in her book, No Man's Land. Thank you for looking that up
0: because I hate it so much. I like it. And then, and yeah, I know you hate when we get titles wrong and I do too, but I just, this is on the spot. This is on the spot listeners. I didn't
1: prepare. So no, you don't have your books with you either. You've been traveling. So yeah, no, I love that. I love that book. There's another essay in that book that I, that I like a lot. Um, two or three essays. I I mean, I think of as like some of the best essays written in the 20th Mm -hmm. century. Um, I think they were still, she published that in the 20th century. I don't think that they were. Maybe they're 21st. Anyway. She read with D.A. Powell, with Doug, and he was reading from Chronic. So, so 21st. What, yeah. Yeah. Hey, window pane, tell me, do you remember how sweet it used to be when we were together? Everything was so grand. Now that we parted, there's just one sound that I just can't stand. I can't stand the rain. Mm-hmm. Do you know that Tina Turner song?
0: No, but I love window pane and rain it's ah, gorgeous.
1: I can't stand the rain. Is the name of the song? So a, I want to write a poem called that. I can't write. Mm-hmm. But what's a poem or a piece of art that you just can't look at right now? That is your rain on the window. Mm-hmm.
0: I have to be very careful when I read James L. White's assault ecstasies because oh, yeah. it can it can hurt me in ways that are just so unpleasant. Mm-hmm. That I can't sit with that book. Sometimes the one where he wakes up in the middle of the day from a nap and he realizes that his mother's dead. It's funny. I've um, traveled long enough to be old from this.
1: I oh, that's, that's a line. good line. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's another. Some more Tina Turner. I love where Tina Turner is mm-hmm. taking us. Yeah, me too. Right. Me too. We are rolling on the river, girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And last one. Mm-hmm. When I'm not myself please understand me. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do, but don't give up. Don't give up. It just may take a little time. Is there a poet or poem that helps you get back to yourself when you feel a little lost or a poem that like gives you life?
0: There's a part of me always loves to go to Tim Dugo's Healing the World from Battery Park. I Mm. love that poem so much. It's in Best American 1993. That's That's my volume. That's the Jerry Graham or the Louise Glick. Louise Glick. It still yeah. remains. I, that poem still just is so moving to me. And it's it's beautiful. And I remember reading it to Irene and she said, he's as good as Robert Lowell. She mm. was just so blown away by him in this poem. I read it to her out loud. I just remember mm. she sat and listened. So James, you sent me a text the allegedly, other day, allegedly, Alleged. <laughs> saying that that's that's a that's really a good poem, but it corrected to porn. It's really a good porn, <laughs> and I did, and I did not know autocorrect would go dirty. Like I thought it, I only thought it changed <laughs> fucking to ducking. Like I didn't know that it would go dirty. That I was like, ducking what are you? porn. Yeah, it was funny. Whatever autocorrect for a while when it said ducking to me i forgot that ducking was actually a real word like you could duck i thought it was like literally ing the animal i'm like why does it keep saying ducking i'm very literal sometimes i'm like oh because you can actually
1: duck okay i'm so uh dumb that until you just said that (laughs) That's what I thought too. No, okay, good.
0: I feel so much better because I really had I can't no idea.
1: That. <laughs> I'm going to hang my head in a
0: comedy from now on. Well, the other one. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question. Belinda, her mm-hmm. ex boyfriend, mm-hmm. he worked in construction, so he was at different houses. He came <laughs> home. I know, yeah, down, bounce, bounce, bounce. So. He came home one day and he said to her, he's like, I was at this really nice house and they had in the backyard a dog fountain. So what do you visualize when you hear that? Fountain with like, where the water's coming out of a dog. Thank you. That's exactly what blend. And I thought, but he just meant there was a fountain in the backyard for the dogs to drink out of. He's like, no one has like, I'm like, no, you said dog fountain.
1: Oh, uh, so <laughs> he must call them drinking fountains like water fountains.
0: He must, because he was like, it was a dog fountain. I'm like, well, then blend. I both pictured the dog with the water running out of its mouth. And, and that's, and he was like, no, you all are so crazy. It's like, a, you know, so anyway, once I read that, text i knew we had a game on our hands what would happen if we found famous quotes about poetry or poems and we replaced it with we replaced that word with the word porn
1: if we auto corrected
0: quotes and i will just start yes. with a famous one because we all know this mm. quote and we're all sick of it but it was a good quote when emily dickinson said it If I feel physically as if the top of my head were taken off, I know that is porn. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the spirit of this game, dear listener. So James, Uh, what uh. do you have? What's one you have?
1: Listen, it is difficult to get the news from (laughs) porn, yet men die miserably every day for lack of what is found there. (laughs)
0: That's so great. That's so great. Um. Porn is a way of taking life by the throat. That's Robert Frost. <laughs> Not the throat. The throat. <laughs> Throater. Ah. Aspirational. We talked about that in another episode.
1: Really? You, it really gives you insight into Frost, doesn't it? it does. <laughs> Two roads diverged in a throat. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, porn. I too disliked it. <laughs> Marianne Moore. In the meantime, if you demand on the one hand, in defiance of their opinion, the raw material of porn in all its rawness, and that which is on the other hand genuine, then you are interested in
0: porn. <laughs> we should do a book of translations where we just drop porn like a porn manifesto. We just have all these great poetry <laughs> quotes with porn dropped in. And you know what's weird is they kind of become true. Like there's a I'm like, I can see that. I can see that.
1: Yeah, you know, Marion Moore loved draw porn. She totally porn, hundred percent. Yeah, Scorpio,
0: <laughs> Scorpio porn. Okay, <laughs> porn lifts the veil from the hidden beauty of the world and makes familiar objects be as if they were not familiar.
1: Percy Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to know what was in his vegetable <laughs> drawer, you know? Exactly. <laughs> porn, as I observed, a certain mythical exaggeration is allowable. That's longinus <laughs> on the sublime.
0: <laughs> That's so great. The blood jet is porn and there is no
1: stopping it. Sylvia Plath. <laughs> porn is emotion recollected in tranquility. <laughs> I was trying to
0: find
1: I was trying to find a
0: Mary Oliver quote about porn, and I accidentally typed in Mary Oliver porn (laughs) instead of Mary Oliver poetry. That's when you get ducked. I wish I could show you it's literally just this like (laughs) if you do an image search, you need to Google Mary Oliver porn and that's what you get. The only thing that can save the world is the reclaiming of the awareness of the world. That's what porn does. (laughs) That's Allen Ginsberg.
1: Ding dong, the pizza's here. (laughs) Ding dong, the porn is dead. Oh, God. Porn? Porn? wishes either to profit or to delight or to deliver at once both the pleasures and the necessities of life that's Horace
0: very nice I love how you like went um you went deep (laughs) you went into like the criticism
1: (laughs) (laughs) I went to the Romans of course that's my favorite porn
0: (laughs) that is the best porn I have never started a porn whose end I knew. Writing a porn is discovering. <laughs> I think that's Robert Frost porn. again. God, I didn't
1: know Robert Frost was into he's so a much por- porn.
0: He's a porn aficionado.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a real pornographer. <laughs> exactly. Uh, porn is memorable speech. That's odd. That's kind of nice, isn't it? I mean, I I definitely like. You know, really verbal poems. <laughs> <laughs> Very verbal poems. <laughs> oh, if there's not ducking, I'm not interested.
0: Yeah, if there's, if there's, take out the ducking. I love that you literally didn't realize ducking was
1: an actual I did not get it. Word. <laughs> it was That's all noun, so no verb. Yeah,
0: that is um, yeah, because I forgot. Like, oh yeah, we literally do duck. Um, <laughs> so that's all I have what else do you have anything else no
1: I'm spent
0: <laughs> now I'm going to go now I'm going to go um, watch some girl on girl poetry <laughs> talk to you later Oh, get out <laughs> I don't want to keep breakfast get out <laughs> get out
1: Yeah, no, this was our, our episode called Simply the Best. Okay. And yeah, it was a little bit of Tina Turner mm-hmm. and a little bit of um, swapping the word poem for the word porn. That was fun. It was, I, I laughed so hard. I laughed until I came. <laughs> was, I don't know why you so it was too much.
0: <laughs> was too much. <laughs> really? For you? No, just sometimes I feel um, like, no, I, this cracks me up. Sometimes I feel like I'm listening. and like... We were really dirty. Were we dirty just because we're dirty or were we dirty because it's funny? Like, I can't always decide if our dirty is the right dirty, but we're dirty. I
1: I think both of us are like, you know, it would be funny if (laughs) someone said this. I'll Mm -hmm. say it, you know,
0: (laughs) then then we have to see where it floats. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, like I I feel like there's never a time when you're
0: like, and this person came and I'm not thinking on your Teds.
1: Oh, (laughs) on my really big areola Always like
0: somewhere yeah i'm always a big game yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
1: they look like um monster eyes really no
0: (laughs) (laughs) thinking of brenda hillman's mel nipples
1: (laughs) right i love that
0: poem (gasps) i don't understand i don't understand
1: all of it is that in cascade no it's in um loose sugar loose sugar loose sugar yeah yeah Yeah. loose james Owen hall yeah. All right. So in this episode, we really didn't don't have too much to fact check, Aaron. Like we were pretty good. Um, you, I'm gonna put some um, some poems in some text in the show notes. You mentioned Dorian Lux's Fast Gas, and so I'll mm-hmm. link to that. And also Eulabus's Time and Distance Overcome, which is from Notes from No Man's Land. It was published in 2009, squarely into the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that, that was me. Um, and I'll uh, there's a link to that essay online. It can be found online, so I'll, I'll link to that too. And so you mentioned the James L. White poem, and... Um, mm-hmm. And maybe you could tell us what that poem is.
0: Yeah, it's from his book, The Salt Ecstasies. And it is a four-section poem called Gatherings. And the, the line that I quote is from the fourth section, Lost Light. And it's not that long. I'll just read it to you. Shall we? Shall we gather at the river? My mother and father laugh in the early evening. And I know the dream is nearly ended at the beautiful, beautiful river. They rise in lines of kindly light skyward toward the sun at the beautiful, beautiful river. I wake in lost light to hear doors echo above the failed day and wear the absence like an old ticket saved for home, though not returning. I wake and cannot find the river, nor can I even remember the beautiful, beautiful river. I've traveled long enough to be old from this, From seeking the river, the beautiful river. I cannot find the river, the beautiful river, or the beautiful way home.
1: Man, it just like breaks all the rules of poetry. Like you can't repeat a word. You can't say the word beautiful. And it's also
0: quoting the hymn, shall we gather the river, the beautiful, beautiful river. So it's like it is an italic. So he's playing with that too,
1: Mm. that
0: notion of that. So yeah, I think it's really stunning. Even if you don't realize it's playing with the hymn. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful.
1: His poem uh, "Making Love to Myself" is a poem. That I just I can't have to read. stop,
0: Jess. I just have to stop.
1: It's such an incredible! It's one of the best poems of the 20th century. Well, he
0: should get saved, and he wouldn't be masturbating.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, how many poems do you know? Like where the speaker's like jerking oh. off?
0: Yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's not just like, yeah. and I'm f- f- oh, jerking that. myself. Yeah, I mean, nothing right, wrong no. with that. But you know, The
1: poem is so incredibly gorgeous mm-hmm. um and 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 deep mm-hmm. um and then he comes in your eye exactly um <laughs> what is the gay
0: what's the gayest thing that you've done this week and what's the straightest thing that you've oh done this God. week oh well, the gayest po- gayish podcast asked that question and it makes me giggle so mine so mine yeah, i have so had a chance to think about it My gayest thing was I bought a copy of the movie Beaches (laughs) for (laughs) $6.95 on DVD. (laughs) I did. I was like, I'm going to buy that. I've got to have it. Oh, I I love that. I bought that. And then the straightest thing that I did would be like. I spilled something on the kitchen floor and like used a sock to wipe it up instead of getting a paper towel, like, you know, something totally like just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. That's like the straightest thing that I did this week or used a dishcloth to wipe Alice off after being outside. I'm sitting, go getting a proper towel and oh, I have to right. wash the towel, but something like that. Yeah. That'd be the
1: straightest thing that I've um, done. I, I mean, I don't know. And I, you can't
0: um, count Ezra Poundtown.
1: <laughs> well, and and my boyfriend's been away, so mm-hmm. I, I can't count that. Mm-hmm. Well, let me do my straightest one first. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, my straightest one is, and don't come for me, <laughs> if I haven't washed my sheets in like three weeks. And I think that's the straightest thing on earth. <laughs> Have you been having sex <laughs> in them? No, okay. <laughs> I would totally be happy. Yeah, no, it's at my, at my, at my place, not at my boyfriend's place. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah. then, so then what's your gayest thing? I think that, I mean, obviously the gayest thing is recording with you and yes. just recorded a, an episode called queers of pop, which is two knockout games of, uh, you know, musical divas. And then another one of nineties TV shows that it's, I had such fun asking you both of those, but the nineties TV shows, especially, I was so surprised at what you said.
0: And since we are a poetry and culture podcast, we think occasionally, and this week is one of them. We are going to release some more pop culture centered episodes on Thursday. So we can't commit to it every Thursday because we have jobs and and lots of dick to suck, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but but. This week we will, and periodically, <laughs> so so we do know the poetry episodes have a lot of of popular culture, and the popular culture will have some poetry. But if you lean toward one or the other, and just you know want to listen to one, great. We love you for listening to us. We've had such great response from people, and
1: just yeah, we're really really happy. Thank you. It's been very sweet. Yeah, the reception has been very very lovely. Thank you, and 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 you know, f- uh, thanks for trying us out, folks who maybe don't. You know uh, mm-hmm. who decided that we are not for them. That's like the okay. person who
0: unfollowed us on Instagram today, and I unfollowed.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, maybe yeah. we should change our name to a a, a podcast of poetry and unculture. <laughs> yeah, unculture. Yeah, that, that's totally
0: it. A hundred percent. So 100%. we hope you enjoy that episode on Thursday, and then we'll be back Monday with another episode that's more poetry centered. Bye. Yes. Bye.
1: Sexual. Hey everyone, Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, please go to the Apple Store, search for our podcast, and leave a five-star review. And if you didn't, please remember, we're not for everyone.